Good morning, Matthew. I, uh, I understand that the, the Winter House Church cleaned the church yesterday. Those of you who are, those of you who are new, we have to rotate that because we're broke. Um, and uh, apparently the Winter House Church did an especially bang-up job cleaning the church yesterday. So. Yeah. <laughs> it may be there's a spiritual gift operative here. <laughs> Uh, we are today in the last week of our Torah series. <laughs> Next week we begin uh, our series on the book of Romans, which will go for about four years with a few breaks. <laughs> what? That's, that's not a joke. It's going to go for about four years with some breaks. Uh, in the middle, we'll uh, we'll take a break next summer to do Song of Songs. We'll take some other breaks along the way, uh, unless I blow my knee out again. We'll do a break next summer for Song of Songs. What's that? <laughs> so you think that's what it was? Uh, we are having a uh, a festive brunch after church today. Uh, Following the examples of our uh, our Jewish friends, uh, who, when you complete a course of study, you have a siyum, which uh, is a festive interaction with food and drink. We're doing that today. I'm especially excited today. I was last week. I was up in Philly uh, for my class, and uh, I made a couple of uh, old school, old style Philly cheesesteak quiches with. Uh, uh, Aged provolone, uh, sautéed broccoli rabe, uh, hots, steaks, and pecorino romano, and uh, I'm looking forward to tasting this. So anyway, stick around. We're gonna uh, uh, have a good time. BJ has made her legendary crab quiche, and uh, uh, Ricky and Susan have kindly brought uh, some fruit as well as some uh, champagne, and uh, we'll have mimosas and a good time. Um, the question I have. For all of you, having spent the last year in Torah, and for those of you who are new this morning, apologies, because uh, we're going to work off of some experience here, what's different for you today as opposed to where you were a year ago? If the answer is nothing, then we have been wasting our time. No, Matthew. Matthew. You're talking about the visits we had from the rabbis during the year? Yeah. yeah and and mm-hmm. so that that will continue in, in that mm-hmm. positive experience that all of us had will continue to do that. Mm-hmm. Very, very important. Mm-hmm. Chris? For me, a lot of it's contextual
Mm-hmm. Good. Mary? Yes, Tim. Is it? And was there a particular part of Torah that uh, brought that home for you? Yes, Mary. Run. It's just easier to say than Pentateuch. Yeah. <laughs> easier to spell, too. You, the H is optional, so it works either way. Can anybody want to, anybody want to share something that surprised them? Something that you encountered this year that was completely unexpected, even shocking, maybe even disturbing in the text. <laughs> yes, Ruth.
Yeah. Numbers especially. Who, before this, who's ever spent a lot of time in numbers in any sort of church set other than Ron? <laughs> Ron is statistically what's referred to as an outlier. <clears throat> yeah. There you go. Marlene. Yes, Caitlin. I just had had uh, breakfast the other day with a guy named David Lamb, who teaches Old Testament at the uh, the school where I'm uh, getting my degree. Uh, he has a new book out called "God Behaving Badly." Uh, is the God of the Old Testament was it racist, sexist, and violent, or something like this? Uh, but he often starts off uh, asking whether the God of the New Testament, why the God of the New Testament is so wrathful when the God of the Old Testament is so merciful. And he goes and reads off a bunch of what Jesus says about uh, judgment that's coming and stuff from Revelation. Uh, in a lot of ways, it, uh, we all have experiences growing up, uh, and often uh, the choices that are made by the people who are teaching us determine the picture that's given to us. One of the reasons that we go through entire books of Scripture, one of the reasons we go through vast passages uh, of it like we do with the Torah series, is we want to ingest the whole thing. We want to be exposed to every facet and not be confined to the one uh, aspect of God's nature that we find most congenial to the worldview we already have. Our, our, the, the, the scriptures are not there to confirm us in our prejudices most of the time. So uh, I'm encouraged to hear that you encountered the, the real guy, you know, a few years ago we did a, our Matthew series. The title was Meet the Real Jesus. You know, many of us came up learning about Jesus as this, you know, sort of Swedish guy in a bathrobe hovering around and saying nice things. Uh, and, uh, you find out in Matthew he's, he's got quite the, uh, he's got quite the mouth on him, among other things. What else did you encounter that surprised you or, go ahead, Louise?
No. No, we've got to take a long time with this. Right. Yeah, we got there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the end of the story, right? This week, last last passage, here we are. And, and uh, the, the last scene, Moses climbs up Mount Nebo. God tells him, go on up Mount Nebo. And Moses does it. And he says, uh, God says, uh, you know, then Yahweh shows him the whole land from Gilead to Dan, all of Naphtali, territory of Ephraim and Manasseh, the land of Judah, as far as the Western Sea, the Negev, all the whole region to the Valley of Jericho. I don't know if they had, he had like, you know, one of those little machines with a lot of quarters up there so that you could see it all. City of Palms as far as Zoar. And then Yahweh said to him, this is the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob when I said, I will give it to your descendants and I've let you see it with your eyes, but you will not cross over into it. And Moses, the servant of Yahweh, died there in Moab as Yahweh had said, buried him in Moab in the valley opposite Beth Peor. But to this day, no one knows where his grave is. He was 120 years old when he died, yet his eyes were not weak nor his strength gone. The Israelites grieved for Moses in the plain of Moab 30 days till the time of weeping and mourning was over. Joshua, son of Nun, was filled with the spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid his hands on him. So the Israelites listened to him and did what Yahweh had commanded Moses. Since then, says the writer from his Vantage point, no prophet has risen in Israel like Moses, whom Yahweh knew face to face, who did all these miraculous signs and wonders that Yahweh sent him to do in Egypt, to Pharaoh and to all his officials and to his whole land. For no one has ever shown the mighty power or performed the awesome deeds that Moses did in the sight of Israel. The end. That's it. That's the end of Torah, right? And if you're Jewish, you're going to go to Shul on Simchat Torah, which means joy in Torah, and you're going to dance around with the Torah scroll, and you're going to knock down some Manashevitz, and you're going to read to the end of this, and then you're going to start again at Bereshit bara Elohim et Hashemayim et It's the beginning. God created the heavens and the earth. It goes right back. That's the cycle. That's it. They never do get in the land in Torah, do they? Yes, Kendall. What else surprised you? Maybe something that still bothers you. Is there anything that still bothers you, having read it, having engaged it? If you're not bothered by something here, you're just not paying attention. Yeah, Chris. Yeah. Yeah, numbers, Nadav and Avihu, who offer strange fire and Go ahead. Sorry. Oza, yeah, that's the right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Tim.
Hmm. Yeah, it does kind of, question does kind of hang out there, doesn't it? Nadav and Avi, who was Leviticus 10, by the way, it was bugging me that I said that it was in Numbers. Yes, um, yeah, you do get this tension. I mean, we, we, we saw it uh, last week, right, At the in, in, in Deuteronomy uh, 32, you got all these, you know, sort of, uh, statements about God's wrath, his vengeance, his justice that's going to be executed on God's enemies, and says at the end, Rejoice, O nations, with his people. Let all his angels worship him, for he will avenge the blood of his servants. Another way that you could read that, uh, depending on how you interpret the Hebrew, is make his people rejoice, O nations where he will avenge the blood of his servants, i.e., the death, the destruction, the humiliation of the nations is going to make God's people happy, right? I mean, you do have the story of the people who were from Egypt who wanted to be with God's people. They got to tag along. You have all this stuff in Torah about aliens and foreigners and how they have to be treated with justice, how they, the, the same laws that apply to an Israelite are going to apply to somebody who is not an Israelite about how if somebody is not part of the community, there, there are ways that they can become part of it. But, yeah, you do have this uh, picture of God's people, the apple of his eye, being taken care of, being cared for, uh, and protected from these other nations that ultimately are going to become the objects of God's wrath, right? Unless, of course, unless what happens? Do we hear that in Torah? Does Torah say much about that, Ron? Yeah. Yeah, right. Same guy to send Jonah to Nineveh. Yeah. Jonah was very disappointed in that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But this this very question you're asking, Tim, uh, is basically Romans nine through eleven, which we'll get to in about three years. So look forward to that. Two and a half. Yeah, I know. Two and a half years. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, Chris. Part of my only consolation with Tim's question there is that God doesn't. Um, I mean, it's not like there's favorites being played. Yeah. Certainly nothing would hold his wrath on his own folks. Yeah. Yeah. He will. He will indeed stop the car. Yep. He'll. He'll put. Uh, he'll put uh, people from both teams in the penalty box. You like that? That's. That's uh, trying to do contextual preaching, making sure that the Canadians among us don't feel excluded by the examples that I offer. What? Thank you. Yes, and a happy thank- Canadian Thanksgiving, by the way. Uh, what else? Anything else bugging you? Anything else really? Are you anything you're really annoyed about? We just spent a whole year with this, and you, some question you didn't get answered, or something that. Bothers. Yes, Darcy. And, and has this only been such uh, an issue because now you've had a boy? I mean, people say this stuff isn't relevant to our daily lives, but here Darcy's wrestling with it. 
5,000, uh, well, more like 3,000, 3,200, yeah. But we don't have an explanation. Yes, this is one of those things. Yeah, we look at that and, uh, boy, that's a, that's a conundrum, isn't it? It's not only that too many words, and, like, you took up a chapter on that. Hmm. Obnoxious? Yeah. Do you think there are way, reasons that God might have done that? Like just to tick you off, maybe? <laughs> I, I mean, I presume there are, at least, right? Not in the midst of you making decisions, but what is the reason other than the obedience that sometimes would have made sense to the people who first heard it? And somehow the prism that enables that to reflect or to refract light in an intelligible way is just not not available to us. We don't know. There's stuff in here that's hard to understand. Anybody else? Kendall. Twenty. It's almost as old as Tim. Yeah, Ricky. So do you think like when God said to Moses, "Come up here on the mountain, I want to show you something," he's like, "No, I'm good." <laughs> <laughs> uh, he he did say. <laughs> he he did say, "Come on up on Mount Nebo. There on the mountain that you have climbed, you will die." <laughs> Thanks. Uh, <laughs> my canteen isn't in yet. Yes, Luis. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I don't know what his mindset was, but it's like a kind of small Does kind of. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it, folks have been trying to figure that out for a long time. I mean, it may be that, you know, he said speak to the rock rather than hit it because Moses as a shepherd would have known that those kind of rock formations would have had you know, water hiding behind, and so by hitting it, he was resting on his own expertise and technical ability, but that feels like kind of a stretch, too, sometimes. Yeah. Marlene. Well, they died. They all died in the wilderness. Yeah, they couldn't go into the land until everybody from that generation died in the wilderness. Yeah, yeah Moses was the last one. Only Joshua and Caleb got to go in from that generation. It must have been kind of awkward if you were one of the last Israelites living. Like the whole, I mean, the whole nation knows they can't get in until everybody's dead. You know, you imagine them, you know, like checking on your tent. Uh, no, okay. No, not today. <laughs> I'm not dead yet. <laughs> One more. 
Somebody else want to share? Yes, Ann Jones. Ron, you want the last one? On that note, uh, let's uh, stick a fork in us on the Torah series. We are done. We are now going to move into communion. would invite you to stand with me. We will recite together the words of the Nicene Creed, which along with faithful churches throughout the ages, we recite as an affirmation of the things we believe about the one true Lord of the universe, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, We do this in full confidence that we meet Jesus, that he is truly present for us in the body and the blood. First, let's pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation. 
He came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshipped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We believe in knowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. I invite you to come forward and take the elements and then bring them back to your seats and we'll all partake of them together. Uh, the red is wine and the white is grape juice. The bread is unleavened.